Neil Armstrong may have seen extraterrestrials on the moon. When he spies a discernible shape. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. You can deny all the things I've seen. All the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Full Spectrum Universe. My name is Rob Yox. And uh, as of right now, I think my guest might be MIA. We'll see if she's coming in at some point, Geraldine. Uh, Maybe we've got the wires crossed somewhere. Not really sure, but... The Saturday Night Savage, the ultimate outsider, will not leave you hanging. There are many things that we could talk about, many things that we can go over. And maybe I'll just dedicate this specific episode to the guests for you guys. So you guys can have your voice and see, you know, what we can do. And you guys come on if you want. I'll put the uh, link in the comments and then we'll we'll, we'll get things going. You know, we're going to have a great time tonight, as always. You know, there's a lot of things. I've been gone for two weeks. It's been quite a ride. I'll tell you what. We did an amazing three-day event. This three-day event was so incredible. It has replenished my energy to do this. You know what I mean? And it's not that I ever lose any interest or, or, you know, I, I, I love coming out here. I love bringing you guys information. It's what I do. But. Because of this event, I'm now qualified as an international speaker, right? We spoke to many, many people all over the world. I got to speak to a gentleman by the name of Dr. Sam, who is the, uh, he's an anthropological doctor and the head of the excavation. Oh, there she is. Excellent. 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 Let's bring in Geraldine. I have her information here. So before we bring her on, let's, uh, let's go into Geraldine Orozco. She's a certified hypnotherapist, a neuro-linguistist practitioner, uh, a pranic energy practitioner, quantum energy practitioner, meditation master, mindfulness-based stress reduction therapist, a Qualgon master, which I can't wait to ask her about, and a shamanic energy medicine is what she does. She's the founder and CEO of the San Francisco-based Bay Area Meditation which offers uh, international virtual corporate meditation programs. She's also the founder and CEO of HigherHealing.com, Virtual Holistic and Intuitive Wellness Nexus and Social Directory. She is also the founder of HybridMother.com, International Research and Support Group for Experiencers, Hybrid Parents, and ID Phenomena. Geraldine provides an insight as to how DNA is the currency of the past present and future uh, and how consciousness plays an important role a life-changing contact experience in 2013 resulted in an activation of psychic abilities in 2017 she underwent several hypnotic regressions and vetted therapists regressions uncovered a lifelong history of abduction 
and participation in human hybridization with 24 hybrid children as a result. Now she, she is now dedicated into the dissemination of knowledge and hip uh, hybridization programs and the research of the commonly held dogma of the human genetic timeline, historical record, and human structure. She is also a radio host, artist, international speaker, and YouTuber. And you can schedule a one-on-one session, which we'll put up later for um, hypnotherapy at GeraldineRosca.com. Geraldine's story is now part of a 16-time award-winning documentary called Extraterrestrial the Seeding, focused on the human ET hybridization program. With that being said, let's bring in Geraldine. Geraldine, how are you? I, I'm not sure if you're muted. I can't hear you. Oh, we've disconnected from her. She's going to try and get back on. While we're doing that, everybody, please do me a favor and share, share, share. Let's share this out because, you know, the only way to get around all this uh, blocking and things like that. Let's get this out to everybody. Um, this is going to be an, an incredible, incredible episode. I am so it's going to be so we're going to talk about so many different things and the things that Geraldine does and uh, the things that she's into, which is it's really, really crazy. It's really it's going to be an awesome show. So, I mean, there's nine of you out there right now. If everybody shares once, we could hit another 18 spots. I'm going to share it out myself. So in the meantime, you know, I, I want everybody to get get yourself set up, get a drink, you know, get, get some snacks. And uh, we're going to talk about hybridization. We're also going to be talking about a lot of energy and things like that and the things that Geraldine does. She is truly, truly a phenomenal woman. She helps people all over the place. And that's the biggest thing for me. You know, when she comes on, I'll, I'll get deeper into it, but when there she comes back. All right, let's see. There Hi, you. can you hear me now? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I'm so sorry about that. That's okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I just went through your bio and everything. You have so many things going down your bio. Your life must be super busy. So I want to <laughs> say thank you so much for taking time out and coming here on a Saturday night at eight o'clock. You know, and uh, I, I truly, I, I've seen a lot of your work. We've worked with a lot of the, some of the same people, like Neil Gower on Portals to Ascension, uh, Omar, and things like that. And uh, I want to commend you that the work you do is so important right now for people, and for people to understand what their energy is and how to clear out traumas and you know open up their chakras and things like that. Not to mention your experiences as you've gone, you know to this hybridization type of program. Um, but, you know, I commend you because helping people is something that we truly need to get back to on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And I have all your uh, websites linked up. So we're going to promote all that while we go forward. But, you know, I commend you. It's very admirable what you do. And, and I'm so pleased that you're here. Rob, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for holding space and creating this platform where you guys have such interesting uh, interviews and you guys talk about really important topics. So I, I thank you for your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We try. We try, you know, and uh, it's it's something that I have a passion for is getting information out, whatever that information might be, because one of the things I always say to people is everybody has their dots. Right. And somebody else's experience might connect some of those dots for you. It's where our dots intersect. And those intersecting places is where we find the most vivid and amazing conversations. 
And that's, that's something we have to get back to is that discourse of being able to uh, basically just talk to each other. You know, it's very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So let's get into uh, the moment that you knew that this specific lifestyle of uh, being a, hypno- a hypnotherapist and, you know, a linguistist practitioner, when did that all come to be and how did it come to be? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've always been very interested in the holistic healing arts. Um, but for me, my life took a very dramatic turn, I think, in the early uh, 2008, 2009, um, when, you know, I had been in the corporate world. And within uh, about two years, you know, I, I lost my job. My, my job was outsourced to China. And I also lost my partner at that time. And I was just starting my business. So it was like everything was coming down. And so I kind of took a step back and really began to question, like, you know, why do we go into these patterns of suffering? It seemingly, you know, and I look around me and I see that a lot of people are actually experiencing this kind of uh, cycles of repetitive patterns, not just like trauma in your everyday life, but if you look deeper, it's the emotional pattern that keeps coming up, the same very deep subconscious feelings that we have about ourselves that keep coming up. So what I wanted to do is understand that. And really, you know, what is the fabric of our creation? You know, how do we create? How do we manifest? If At that time, uh, the law of attraction was a big thing. And so I really dove deep into those things, trying to understand, you know, is that really the case? You know, if I sit here and I think about something, is it going to just manifest for me, in, you know, in, in a matter of moments? And although I dove deep into that, what I kept coming back to was self-love and meditation. And I, I realized really early on that I really had no idea what love actually was. I had no idea what it really meant to love. And I realized that we didn't have a lot of, uh, um, let's say, role models in our world in our not even within our families not even within movies or entertainment which we tend to have some kind of you know reference point of of of, uh, social interaction you know but there was really no point of of understanding where we can really know what love is and apparently you know our understanding of love at that time if we really understood love we wouldn't be in such cycles of suffering right and and so i studied many different religions and i um also went into meditation very deeply and going into meditation for several years i worked with shamans i became curious about quantum energy healing uh pranic energy healing and i became certified in those modalities more so out of curiosity to understand what this uh, creative life force was that we are kind of, you know, in, in, I guess, moving within. And um, I think what that did is that I began to go deeper into the layers of my own subconscious mind. And I began to deprogram all of the programs that caused suffering for myself. And after years and years of doing that, I kind of got to a point where I became a clear slate. And I guess it's it's what we call that zero point, that point in which, you know, you don't you're no longer judgmental of yourself. And of course, it took many years and still this is an ongoing life process, of course. Um, But I had this life changing experience in 2013. And one night uh, a light filled my room. And from one moment to the next, as I'm getting out of bed to go look in the window to see who it is, I thought someone was trying to break in or something was happening down my street. But as I look out the window, my entire body becomes paralyzed and I'm taken out of my room. 
And, uh, you know, I, I just have you know that before this event, I never was really into the sci-fi thing. I wasn't into extraterrestrials or interdimensionals. I even questioned angelic beings, you know, or archangels. I even questioned all of those things, you know, because I'm a person that is is actually quite skeptical about a lot of these things. And I need to really see the mechanics of it, right? And so, um, yeah, so I was taken out of my room. And as I appear on the other side of the window, I'm seeing these really tall, dark beings coming out of a light. And they manifest in their form. And it's more clear that these are actually grays. They are grays with these gigantic black eyes. And um, I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I was you know, trying to scream, trying to get the attention of my neighbors, but it's almost as if we were in some kind of insulated time and space where we were just disconnected from our surroundings. And yet uh, these beings removed all of that emotion out of my body. So this is kind of how it began, I think. And within this experience, I was shown many different things. I was shown alien language, some kind of algorithmic mathematical language. And I was shown information about the structure of our reality. And uh, more importantly, these children that were said to be mine, hybrid children. So as you can imagine, you know, coming from this meditation background, you know, I funded Bay Area Meditation simply because I wanted to meditate with other people and share the success that I had in my life as a result of meditation. But never in my life did I really, really know that there was a, a veil that was so thin between the non-physical and the physical. And I know that through the healing and, and deprogramming of my own self is how I became in alignment with being able to see this, you know, experience these kinds of things. I can only imagine that, you know, once this all happened, I'm sure at first you almost saw it as somewhat, somewhat traumatic, but once you evaluated it more, did your perception of that entire thing actually change a little bit when you once you got into it a little bit more? Yeah, you know, obviously it's it's paradigm shattering, right? Because you think you're you're just your average mind does not go outside our hemisphere. I mean, we're just so conditioned to looking at things here in the now and the physical that when you start to look at things outside, even spirits and souls, um, you know, it when something like that is is such proof it's physical proof i mean this is a fully conscious experience it's not that i was sleeping or meditating or on any drugs of any kind i mean this is fully conscious right so when that happens it shatters all of your reference of what is reality so that of course took a moment to integrate but the interesting thing of that of this experience was that within the 24 hours of that experience, you know, I questioned myself and I said, okay, am I going crazy? Because, you know, this is pretty intense. Like, how does someone have this kind of experience? And I was even thinking about calling the police because I thought, who handles these situations? Who protects us? This was my mind, right? Because I'm, I'm coming from this regular average human mind. Like, you know, who's going to protect me? Who's going to deal with these supposed children that I had? And how am I going to be a mother to them? Or how, you know, all these questions are flooding your mind. But the very next day after that, on Monday, um, I, you know, I'm seeing my first client. And as she comes into my room to do meditation with me, I can see colors, lights, everything, right? And, and I can barely see her 
her figure, her human figure, all I see is these lights radiating, radiating from her. And, you know, I become so sick because not only am I feeling my own emotions, but I begin to feel her emotions. I begin to feel her thoughts. And then it hit me that something had seriously shifted, that not only had I had that experience, but now I have this ability to see people. I was incredibly sensitive to the point where I couldn't even go grocery shopping. And it really took like three months to kind of, um, you know, acclimate myself to this kind of shift. That's got to be, you know, incredible too, to just not feel those types of emotions and all of a sudden it's like bam it's like a brick wall and then you're staring at people and they're looking at you like what's going on you're like well you don't even know i can't even clue you in all right now you know and one of the things that that i find fascinating is is you know you're taking this experience like i said and you're using it to to change the not just your paradigm now you're changing everybody's paradigm so it went from a like a self kind of thing to a uh almost like you're giving it back to these people and that it, it it's incredible it's incredible was there a difficulty to translate what had happened to you to help these other people with things like the hypnotherapy and things like that did hearing some of their experiences sometimes drum some emotions up in you as well yeah for sure i mean i I just keep in mind that you know at first i couldn't talk to anyone about this i mean i had my immediate family and my partner at the time were the only ones that knew about what happened to me it was not something that i was shouting for the rooftops or even talking to other people and that was because i had you know a couple companies that i was managing at the time and there was no way i was it was becoming public my company was becoming very well known and so if, if I were to write a blog about it or I, I didn't know the resources or where to reach out to to get help. And that's one of the things that I struggled with for several years until 2017, where I had a hypno, hypnotic regression to kind of revisit those experiences and really understand, you know, what I was experiencing and to fully integrate what had happened to me. And it wasn't until that hypnotherapy session that really helped me kind of integrate what happened emotionally, physically, on all love, on all levels. And I think that my level of trauma was really low because I had a strong spiritual foundation. I had a strong meditation practice in which I was working on, you know, my relationship with the unknown, basically. And that that's kind of where where it was groundbreaking breaking is that, you know, when you begin to feel more comfortable with the unknown, or you begin to not judge these unknown things that happen to us, that's where we have the biggest growth. That's where we kind of more fluidly move through these experiences. And I realized the importance of that. So by the time I made it to my first support group um, through MUFON here in San Francisco Bay Area, I was sitting in a room with a bunch of other people that had also experienced contact, you know, and it was just unbelievable. I mean, it was at first emotional because when someone begins to share their experience, it's kind of validation. You know, it's like you're not alone because all of these years you're dealing with all of that by yourself, everything, you know, the experience, you know, all these things, hiding it, not talking. And also, um, you know, even in the hypnotherapy, which all of those sessions are public, I decided to make them public to share that experience for others that were going through that. But I was inundated with so many emails and connections by people that had been having the same experience. So, um, yeah, that it, it inspired me to kind of go deeper into an understanding of what hypnotherapy was, how it helps people, and to see if I could help people with that. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. And one of the things you said is that you have 24 children through hybridization. Can you explain to us what you know? I know, of course, there's probably some things that are not privy to you, you know, even though being the mother of these children. Take us through this, these steps and how how you looked at it before and maybe now as like as time has gone on and have they come back to talk to you at all or you know have you met these children i know some people who have contact like that eventually down the line they'll get you know they'll get picked back up and then all of a sudden they get to meet this child and have that instant connection yes um so for me you know it all happened in a very organic manner in which um when i met them you know my immediate response at meeting them was this incredible instinctual mother feeling that came over me that I wanted to be maternal to them. I wanted to protect them, care for them. But when it was clear at that moment that I was not going to be connected with them, they were going to be taken away. It was just in, it it was just a a presentation basically. Um, You know, that really confused me and I didn't understand why that would happen. Um, so it, it, and throughout the couple of years, um, I, I tried to question my attachment to them, right? Because it's very confusing. And the thing is like, okay, well, I began to think, why are humans being used for this? You know, are we the only ones? And so by the time I started getting to support groups and started to speaking to other women that had had the same experience, that's when I really started to, to question, okay, is my attachment to them necessary or do we need to as a human race really understand what's happening, whether it's a psychosis that we're experiencing collectively or whether something is actually occurring here, right? In these interdimensional levels. And what I discovered through my own personal experience and through speaking to hundreds of women that have had the same thing is that we're looking at a pretty structured kind of um system right so it starts with uh, a very young age usually people that are contactees um are usually implanted with technology in order to monitor the physical body for you know movement and also when the body is prepared to have children for women and this also happens for men and so it's implantation then it's the insemination. So when the child is ready, and for me, my my first experience was at the age of 16. And um, then the removal, or, or I'm sorry, the gestation, right? So when you go through the gestation process, and usually the gestation process doesn't last more than three months um, when the fetus is taken out, okay? And there's this is a very complex topic. There's many things to it. There's many procedures. There's many... Uh, very important key elements that are a part of this um, uh, program. And one of them is that they accelerate the development of the fetus. So a lot of times women that experience having it removed will often notice that the fetus is sometimes developed much faster than it would be here on earth or something like this. But what ends up happening is that the fetuses are then incubated in tanks and they are kept on mother motherships or you know craft that really is dedicated to this program and what what i've understood through my own experience is that there are many several different kinds of agendas that manage this it's not just interdimensionals but also a terrestrial program which really changes the environment and the way that the the person the subject experiences this thing 
this kind of procedure. So after the gestation process, they extract the fetus and at a later time, they present it to the mother. So like, for example, what happened to me? Now, all of these things can happen, but the person experiencing it may not be consciously aware of what's occurring. So they might be able to identify maybe certain parts of this or certain memories or dreams that involve some of these aspects, but not be able to put it together until, you know, you speak to someone that actually has experienced something like that. And so that's why it can be very confusing and very daunting, because what happens is a lot of these women will end up going to, um, you know, their gynecologist or, or something like this. And you got you got to understand, like the whole pregnancy, uh, you know, system is a very it's a very um, it's a very emotional. I mean, you have a lot of hormones going on in the body. And um, sometimes these women are not even partnered when they're dating. Like, for example, what happened to me, I wasn't partnered and became pregnant at the time. So those are the kind of anomalous um, uh, key elements that really make this phenomena so interesting, right? And so really makes us question, like, what what's happening? Um, so that's kind of how the process goes. Um, and how my my perspective has changed is tremendously. I mean, if I were to take you through the whole course of how my perspective has changed, you know, we could sit here for hours because um, there's several aspects that have to be taken into consideration. Number one is what is a human? And that's not a simple answer. That is not a simple. What humans are is potentially one of the most advanced biotechnologies that we're dealing with. And when we talk and we, when we look at our history, right, historical history, where we've had ancient aliens or any kind of interactions, and when we look at our future, where we're headed towards, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, it's almost as if there's a point where we meet in the middle in between all these things, right? And also we're cycling through these cycles of evolution. And so I feel that we are in the middle of that evolutionary process. And this potentially, the hybridization process, process can be maybe a puzzle piece to that in the bigger picture. I definitely agree with that. You know, the transhumanism aspect of where we're going and how... It, it for me personally, I feel like sometimes that, you know, when they I was talking to somebody the other day and they said that once they got to like the sub level of of what this reality is consistent of, they found binary coding, which means that, you know, and people say that the brain acts like a hard drive, just like a computer. So if that's a binary coded matrix, then our brain is also a matrix and the soul that's inside of it is a matrix as well. It's like a computer. It's like we're detached technologically down down the line. And, you know, what you're talking about, it really resonates with me, too, is that we have to understand what we are. And we really don't know all of it yet. You know, there's so much we don't know or have where we've de-evolved from. You know, uh, my belief is that we have used to be super evolved and now we're de-evolving with technology and things like that. It's actually hindering our development, not helping it, you know? And uh, I just, that that's incredible. You said that there were some agendas at play with this hybridization program. What were those agendas, if you know them? Well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about de-evolution, you know? Um, I think one of the ways that that we can look at some of these programs and things that are happening is not so much as a de-evolution, but as a process of um, 
deactivation and activation of consciousness. And I think that the secret is within our genetic code. Our genetic code is in is holographic in a sense. It's the way that it is structured, the way that it, it writes code and the way that it stores information is a very complex system. And that is actually what is the most valuable of the human. It is that code. Because within that is not only your information, but you within your body have the information of the entire universe, the entire history of the universe. I mean, you know that saying, we're made of stardust. We literally have all those informations within the body. And so, in other words, we are record keepers within this organism. We have record keepers, keepers of information that we haven't quite learned how to translate yet. But I believe that it's within the DNA, within the genetic code, within the dark DNA that we actually hold on what what calls a junk DNA, right, is where we actually hold on to the majority of the information that that is stored, all of our aspects of ourselves that are the non-physical part, the interdimensional part. So ultimately, although we are these massive engines of creation and projection, what makes the human so valuable is that code that can be spliced and utilized to create another human organism. So the kind of agendas that are out there are targeting this key information. And they target the information um, from the perspective that, you know, how we know this is because, you know, these are interdimensional beings or how we think we know this, right? Um, is that these interdimensional beings are interdimensional, right? So they're non-physical for the most part. And we see that with all kinds of understanding of, first of all, their technology was incredibly advanced. And the fact that we are moving in and out of dimensional timelines, um, a lot of the interactions that we have with them seems to be enmeshed into the subconscious mind. So, you know, when we are in dream time, we have some dreams, but the problem is that it's also affecting the physical realm. So we know that there's some kind of interaction that is interdimensional. It's not all in the physical. Now that aside from that is the physical terrestrial program, which is run by the military, the military, not the military that we know, but a military that is more of a darker military that we are not aware of that is also handling these kinds of genetic um, experiments and has a cloning program the same. But the interest is our genetic code is that key holographic information that is the, the key to creation, the key to life, right? And with that, is kind of pooling information from this source of life, which we know as a soul right? This is the soul. The soul is kind of like the, the source of life force. So um, what's interesting about these programs and the question ultimately is, are these programs separate or are they the same? And after talking to so many different experiencers, it's a very interesting and complex topic because when you hear their experiences, there's a couple things that stand out. Their environment, the technology that's being utilized in their experiences, um, and the, the procedure of these experiences. When it's a military experience, it won't have this very complex, you know, um, program. It's not like this... Uh, um, you know, implantation, gestation, in, uh, you know, insemination, gestation, all these different um, parts of this program. It's a very short 
thing, right? So all they do is they they take you, oftentimes as a child, um, they will test and utilize and see if you have these kinds of activated technologies within you, which is your intuition, you know, all of these things that we have that are our superpowers. Um, they test and see if, if, a, if a human has, has it more available to them than others. And what they target is people that have those, those available um, tools within them, you know. And usually those are the ones that are utilized for these programs. And we, we know some of these programs as super soldier programs and also MK Ultra programs that were utilized by the government since, I don't know, the 30s, very, very early on, 30s, 40s, um, where they had been training and utilizing um, highly, highly advanced and, and uh, you know, humans to, to utilize for the military. And they use them for remote viewing and many other programs. So this is the kind of genetic code that has already been activated that is being utilized and weaponized within those systems. On the other hand, these interdimensional beings are kind of doing the same. Um, there's uh, there's a, a question about whether they are incredibly highly advanced beings or they are incredibly negative beings. And in in when you talk to people that have either of these experiences, usually people tend to have both. Some people tend to have either one or the other. But when you go through these different stories, um, there is a clear difference. Their technology is more Earth-like, will be military. Technology that is more advanced is going to be uh, these interdimensional beings. But even within those experiences, um, there is technology that the government does have that we don't know about in which they screen also images. And so you might think that you're having an extraterrestrial coming to you, a gray abducting you, when in fact it's actually military. So as you can see, it's a very, very complex topic and there's many parts to it. So it's very hard to differentiate that, whether it's cut clean, you know, black or white. So the way I tend to look at it is from the highest level, you know, what's important here? Obviously what they're after is the genetic code. Obviously, it's the key to creation. And who manages that creation? We do. Because if you understand the laws of manifestation and creation, you can change the way you experience things, even these kinds of experiences. That is definitely in-depth. And that I, that was a beautiful answer. I mean, there was so much there. It, that's That makes so much sense, too, you know, with the different sides and all these agendas coming into this, like, focal point. And now, now, now that you've explained that to everybody, you know, and I keep going back to you because it's always about the individual and how you've you, now it seems as if you're using this this knowledge like this to help people and manifesting their realities into the next step, which is some of what you do with your businesses as well. And, and the hypnotherapy sessions and finding these ways and these avenues to express and, and have these people figure out this almost for themselves with a little nudge from you at the same time, from what I understand. And, you know, you do things like, like the 30 day self-healing challenges and the 15 days of fearlessness. And you, you're essentially exploring all of these emotions. And that's got to be a, as an empath for yourself or being able to feel people's emotions. What is the most prevalent emotion that comes up most of the time when you first meet these people who need some kind of help in that, in that manner? Sure. Um, and it's it's really not even just limited to experiencers, but 
the way that I look at things is that, you know, we live in a reality where the root of creation is duality. So I say that, that there are two main emotions, love and fear. And all of us are constantly choosing whether we're in one or the other. Our structure of reality, the deeper and deeper you look into the structure of our reality, the more that you will see that a lot of things that compart that are compartmentalized in our reality to really make us believe at the core that we are a product of separation or we are separation. And separation is fear. Okay, anytime that we are separate from the whole or we believe that we're separate from the whole, we are going to be embodying fear. So most of the time it's fear, right? So the whole idea is to somehow support people in coming back, in identifying the tools that are within them, the awareness, which is simply awareness, that instead of looking at things as separate, you look at things as whole. And that is really that's what healing means to become whole right and that's that's all that we're doing whether it's through meditation or any of these modalities it's to become whole again yeah gotcha now do you think that the people that come to you that they already have all those pieces you're just help putting them back together or sometimes do they have to find those pieces to make them whole or those i don't know i, I want to say experiences but not in the sense of extraterrestrial just of life itself yeah, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think that we have everything within us. The only thing that we lack is awareness and the permission to know that we uh, are allowed to be aware of those things. Because one of the most interesting things that happens to us as humans is because we're so heavily programmed since childhood to look at through this through these eyes of separation, it's very hard for us to find love and to understand love. And when you do, you realize that it's been there all along. And all you had to do was just understand how to feel that again, and begin to recognize it in all of the different experiences that you have. And so, you know, the tools are completely within us. And it's really amazing. I mean, I work with people from all around the world. And even with these people from around the world, you know, they hear some of the things that I talk about, and they say, you know, I resonate with that because in my meditation, before I even met you, I was already doing some of this. You know, I somehow knew that I had to work with my inner child, or I somehow knew that I had to find a way to understand love or how to love myself better. So I feel that it is in, it's in our code, right? It's, it's encoded within us. And for a lot of us, it's not the first, our first rodeo. I mean, we've been incarnating on this planet for a really long time. So what it is, I think, is the activation of our DNA, of our genetic code, which is the base formula for creation. When it, when we, be, when it becomes dormant, when we become dormant, it becomes dormant. So we're not aware of all of those things that are lingering. We, most of us, we look like these giant spheres of information and energy and colors. And a lot of times we're holding on to really heavy, heavy emotions within the multidimensional body. And it becomes blockages. And over time, it becomes illnesses, pain, all kinds of things, right? So if we understand the progression of vibrational frequency, information, emotions, when we understand that if we don't learn how to process them properly, they get stuck. And over time, they manifest because they're lowering the vibrational frequency from high vibration to lower. So a slower wavelength begins to manifest in a heavier form. 
And so that is manifest in the body. So all of those tools are things that have been studied for centuries. None of this is new. I mean, if you look at the Taoist, uh, you know, writings of how to work with pranic energy, if you look at Qigong masters, which is why I studied Qigong, um, you really begin to realize that these, the knowledge, the wisdom of of energy, of life force has been studied and people have been, um, you know, uh, been disciplined in this art for many years and it's been utilized in war it's been utilized you know in healing so we're just remembering we're uncovering the layers of what's there already now one thing you said when you when you were just speaking it was you said programming and as of the last year maybe even two or three years there has been a huge huge Maybe I don't want to say advancement because that's giving them credit, but are people who would like to control other people. But the programming has gotten intense, intense. And I'm sure, uh, I mean, you tell me, have you seen a difference from 10 years ago in the programming to right now? Or is it still somewhat of a semblance of the same because of what's going on, of course, with all the things that we have in our current events? But to me, it feels very heavy. That programming feels very heavy. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very interesting how things are developing and moving very quickly. But I think it's all a natural result of the current timeline that we're in right now. When I say timeline, I'm talking about what we're experiencing collectively here on Earth. And we are obviously a direct, just the way we, our bodies and our DNA code is written epigenetically by our environment and the things that we ingest and eat. Think of the world, the entire planet, as an organism in itself that's made up of all of this living beings also being affected by its environment, which is, of course, you know, our galaxy, the universe, and all these celestial bodies. But within the movement of the universe, we are moving quicker uh, through a trajectory. The way that the universe moves is kind of like an infinity cycle. It's an infinity loop. And where we're at right now is at the center point of that. And so the center point the movement of energy and life force is faster. So we're feeling that. And over the past 20 years, we've been feeling almost as if time has been speeding up. Things are moving quicker. We also manifest things. We move energy through the body better. And it's because this is this is also affecting the subconscious mind and how we see and perceive this uh, the shifts, interdimensional shifts. So we can see the non-physical more than ever. And so what that's doing is that it's really highlighting all of these programs that were made to make us not see that for, you know, centuries are now coming up. We're feeling them. And so things that were kind of hiding in the shadows for a very long time have really come up. And it's it's micro macro as above, so below. We are feeling that in ourselves emotionally because a lot of people are being called to do ancestral healing work you know, interdimensional healing work, but collectively, we're also doing that. So we have major um, problems surfacing, like we're looking at duality in its expression as feminine and masculine. So you're going to see a lot of this kind of stuff where it looks like the feminine is now rising again. But all that we're doing is we're cycling back into a balanced state. That's all that we're doing. It's just becoming more aware in that imbalance that we were feeling before um, all of our darkness, things that have been hidden, uh, that information that has been suppressed, 
all of these things are now coming up. And so you're going to experience that within yourself and we're experiencing that collectively. So this is why it really feels like all these kinds of programs and things that have been hidden are now coming back to the surface. And the purpose of that is to, to heal them in a sense, to find ourselves in that, heal that within ourselves and become whole again, coming back into that unity. What will want to interfere in that process is kind of like this, uh, how should I say it? where technology wants to mimic the organic technology wants to mimic nature okay and so what we're dealing with now is we don't want to go into the road of transhumanism we want to pull away from transhumanism and come back to the laws of nature and that's why what is healthy for us now is to really have a very strong communion with nature because in nature is encoded the natural laws of creation of balance the body comes back into balance and the organic balance of the entire world comes back into balance. So, you know, as technology gets more advanced, all of these abilities within our body are also becoming activated. That's incredible. I mean, it, to me, that is like right on the money. It makes so much sense. And I love hearing you speak about that stuff because to me, that's why I found your channel to begin with. I saw a couple of a uh, couple of things you did with Laura Eisenhower. And I'm like, oh, who is that? And I listened to your channel and I'm like, wow. Wow, that makes so much sense. One of the things that you said in there was ancestral healing. And there's also, you know, there's like you're trying to reprogram your DNA. Can you explain those two things for the audience who may not know what that is? Absolutely. So we talked a little bit earlier about what holographic DNA is. Now, how do we know that we're holographic? Uh, there was a study done um, about mice unfortunately they were testing on mice um, but they were trying to identify where it stores information where it stores memory so they made it run through these little mazes and every time that they would put them in the maze they would take out portions of the brain okay and what they found out is that over time even though the mice would have motor functions that were, um, you know, disabled through, through doing that, they still remembered how to go down the, the maze. So what that means is that information is not really stored in the brain. It's actually stored collectively in the whole organism. And we also see this with other, many other studies about limbs uh, that are now communicating with artificial intelligence, like, for example, prosthetic arms and stuff like that. So there is a neurological network within the body that is non-physical. So we need to understand that for our healing because it's incredibly important. It is the key to how we store memory in the body. And memory the things that we most remember, the things that affect our life the most, unfortunately, is the traumatic events that have happened in our lives. So a lot of times that comes up. And when we have trauma, we end up having patterns that are repetitive of that trauma. We tend to relive that trauma. And because it's what we've learned in order to, we believe to survive or to protect ourselves, right? So this is our reference point. So how do you change that? If you go back to that traumatic point and you go back to all the emotions that informed that trauma, you begin to understand that belief systems were created from that. You saw something and you learned from that experience, whether it was something your mother was doing, your father was doing. So 
because it's from them, they also learned it from someone else, right? Their parents and so on and so forth. So what you begin to find is a trend. You'll find that these repetitive programs are, are learned by yourself, learned by your parents, learned by them. And it goes down generations, generations, all the way back to the origin of time. So this was actually one of the pro most profound things that I discovered in my personal journey is that when I began to trace back all of these emotions to the origin, I was taken all the way back to Mesopotamia and to the origin of how this program was developed. And what I found is that there were a lot of systems that were put into our society over time in order to form the way that we think, the way that we see the world, the way that we feel about ourselves. And again, that's the demonstration of that compartmentalized reality that we now live in right? And, and everything plays a role, religion, the food we eat, the science, uh, you know, history, the way it was taught to us, the way we understand ourselves as, as, as sexually, as a man, as a woman, all of these things play an incredibly important role in forming our understanding of ourselves in society. So when we're born, we inherently have an understanding of how we are and our emotions. But when we come into a world that is constantly telling us that, no, your instincts are wrong and these feelings and intuitive um, beliefs about your emotions that you have are incorrect and they begin to become formed by the age of seven, we now have all this programming. And so unfortunately, we end up playing those out over and over again. So when we were working with ancestral DNA deprogramming, we are going back to all those belief systems and really putting them to the test. We're questioning them. Are they real? Are they true? If they're true, why are they true in this way? Where did we get that belief system? Where was it adapted from? Why? And if you really go down that way, you begin to unravel all kinds of knots in history of our belief systems. And so this is how we heal. We reintegrate from those uh, things. But on a holographic level, what happens when you start working with that is that you begin to heal ancestral aspects of yourself. So you're tapping in vibrationally to your mother's lineage and your father's lineage, and you have the ability to heal them because they are you. We are one. We, we, all, we always think that we're separate we're actually one. And when you go into the subconscious level to the non-physical, you realize that you're one giant organism interconnected. And that when you heal something in yourself, you're shifting the vibrational frequency of your entire family. Because when we come in, when we're born, we are attaching vibrationally through resonance to our family. And we kind of repeat in those cyclical patterns of vibrational information until we've, we're done with that. And then we kind of move around. So, so informative. Kind of so yeah. informative. And, and I love talking about this stuff because I feel like my understanding of it gets so much greater, especially talking to you. You're so versed in this. And, and like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. This is such a great, great interview for me. We have um, Watchers Talk, which is my friend Omar. He has a question for you. He says, Geraldine, what are some indications that an individual has had lifelong contact? My wife tells me things she sees in her dream. Amazing. Um, so many different things that we can go through. Um, one of the things that I would love to invite your wife to do is to begin to write down the experiences that she's having. And 
notice what time of the month she's having these dreams. See if there's a pattern. Um, if your dreams are, uh, a lot of people claim that their dreams are realer than real life or they feel lucid. That's also uh, something that I would kind of look at. From the physical perspective, take a look at yourself in your body the day after you have these dreams and just notice if you have any marks on your body, any scars that have been healed or have healed and appeared from one day to the next. There's many tell like little signs that you can kind of look at. Um, a lot of people claim to have uh, uh, dots on their body in shape, in certain shapes. Sometimes they're in squares, sometimes in um some kind of geometric form, uh, or the most common is a triangle form. And I know that every time that I have a contact experience, I end up with that. And um, just scan the body for anything that's abnormal. Um, I would also look and see if you feel that you have any puncture wounds in the arms or in the nape of the neck or in the lower legs, in the extremities, from the knees down. Uh, let's see, what else can I uh, mention that would be easy for you to kind of do, uh, kind of review? Um, take a look at the dreams and really try to review what you experienced in those dreams. Um, are you seeing some commonalities in the dreams that you're having? Are you taken to the same space every time? Do you see a lot of light or does it feel really dim and dark? If the environment that you're in looks like a high technology spaceship, you know, this kind of uh, really, uh, you know, traditional kind of uh, interdimensional connection and the beings that you're seeing, try to draw them to the best of your memory, even if you're not an artist, just so that you can start to process. What happens is that when we begin to trigger some of these key memories, you can begin to recall things and more memories will come. Um, if you also experience having PTSD um, when you see, well, there's, there's a long list actually. And I, I would really invite you to come to my support group because I kind of go through, a, you know, questionnaires of all of this information that because there's so many things that we can look at. But a lot of people that have contact experience, experience, um, uh, fear of being close to their window or close to their closets. They're fearful of um, any kind of um, uh, lights that are in the room, especially when they're extremely white lights. Um, so just take a look at those things. And I also want to ask if you live next to a military base of any kind, um, that might also play a role in some of the things that you're experiencing. Because I never want to discount the fact that there is also a lot of... Um, mind control and psyops that does take, uh, you know, place in some of these experiences. So it's important to look at all those aspects of it. That was incredible. Incredible. You know, and I, I know Omar personally. He's one of my really good friends. He knows Neil as well. And we all worked together for, we just did a forgery unmasked, which was a big, uh, a big summit we did. And we touched on a lot of stuff that was, uh, you know, was with, with the Bosnian pyramids and how, they were using frequency to actually, it was actually healing people that were going in the underground caves. It was incredible, wow. incredible, Beautiful. you know, and we've, you know, one of the things that I, I personally love about this topic is the fact that you said that, you know, this infinite consciousness and we're all somewhat of an expression of this global harmonious consciousness. It's just like, and there's proof of that, you know, when 
they built pyramids all along the equator. All these different civilizations had the same idea around the same times to build these pyramids, and nobody told them to. Or, or they might have, but you know what I mean? Like, there's this greater purpose for all of us to really figure out ourselves and come together and work as a team because we are all expressions of this consciousness in one way, shape, or form. Beautiful. I love that. And I'm so I thank you so much. I'll check out your conference if you guys have replays. That sounds really exciting. I'd love to check that out. Yeah, we're doing clips. You know, we're, we're going to also be doing a conference on uh, astral projection and things like that. We're going to be Ooh, really getting into some really cool good. stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to we'll, we'll talk about it later. But, uh, you know, not to self promote too much to get to the information. <laughs> but, you know, so one of the things that I, you know, healing from these traumas has got to be something, it's got to be super difficult, regardless of, you know, the coaching and helping. I mean, when was the last time that you said, you said you had contact and you're, you still get in contact as of right now? Yes. Yes, I oh, do. Wow. But the contact has changed and it's changed because I've learned again, those tools on how to manifest and shift my own vibrational frequency. Um, and ultimately, one of the biggest lessons that now what my focus is, is to talk about free will and how the laws of free will apply to us as humans. We do have the ability of breaking the contract, these contracts, these, what are contracts? Experiential agreements. We make these experiential agreements to experience the hybridization program, these contact experiences, whatever. Whatever it is that we're experiencing, even trauma in our own life is an experiential agreement. So it, it all works similar. We just need to understand that we are in charge and how we are in charge is our vibrational frequency. So my contact has changed. I have more recently um, had some contact with some beings, some light looking beings. Um, and I've also seen a couple UFO sightings over the past uh, now, I think it's a couple months. Um, but very interesting, very interesting. Again, I'm, I was not previously, you know, before all of this, I wasn't as interested and fascinated in UFO. And the reason because of that for that is because I know that there's a lot of technology, earth technology that we don't know about, right? There's a lot. So who's to say what's what or where it's originating from? I think it's uh, similar programs. But anyway, um, the UFOs that I that I have seen have been very interesting. They don't necessarily have a form or a shape like a craft, but just lights that move in daylight, kind of like dusk, like now. Um, but you can really clearly see them. And so that that night, I would have a contact experience. I know it's contact because the dream is incredibly vivid, and it's not like a dream. And it's informative, completely lucid, and I understand what's happening. Like, I know that it's not a dream, and I know that it's not, like, my imagination, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. That's incredible. That's incredible. I personally have never had any kind of contact like that at all. And, you know, I've talked to a ton of different people who've had this, this some type of contact. And, you know, it's incredible. I, it's not like – it's almost like you – from a, I guess, I guess more of like a personal perspective, you're like, oh, I wish that was me. But at the same time, you're like, wait, wait, I don't wish that was me. At the same, it's like this give and take. So one of the things I also want to talk about is this this network that we're on right now, RU Media Network, is not a full spectrum network, but we're affiliated to do the Saturday Night Show. is a paranormal network. Now, knowing what you know about these veils and timelines, 
do you think that there are, you know, that there is this paranormal connection with these, I guess, these people who have lost their physical form and now are into an ethereal form and still making contact with us? Uh, are you talking about ghosts? Or Pretty much, yeah. Interdimensional yeah, yeah. beings. Okay. Well, it could be both. I mean, who right. knows where we go from here and, you know, right. could be something like that. Right. Uh, the way that I, I look at manifestations of consciousness is, um, first of all, how they appear to you and how they feel, right? As, as an empath, as a psychic, I tap into the energy and you can see clearly also in the way that they communicate and connect with you. Uh, ghosts, for example, uh, are disembodied uh, fractals of souls. And they mainly move around the seventh to ninth dimension that's where they are but they are still within the multi-dimensional matrix that we live in i consider the matrix all the way up into about the 10th dimension and then above that you start going into an altar plane and it starts to enmesh with other um other dimensional planes um but of course what where we live it's like little bubbles that we are in one bubble, but there is also an alternate universe of the same interconnected to that. So we are constantly moving in and out of dimensions. Right now, while I'm talking to you, all kinds of things are happening in my space. There's spirits, beings, all kinds of things, right? So the thing is that we think that it's a cut, a very cut, very dry, but it's really not. We're constantly moving through those things. What will make a difference in your ability to connect, to see, to experience, and to connect with these beings, communicate with them, is your vibrational frequency. So if you are like a medium, for example, you're tapping into a very specific, like a radio frequency, you're tapping into a frequency where you're connecting with these souls that go all the way up to the ninth dimension, and they are usually attached to this physical plane, in between planes. They haven't wanted to leave. Other beings, interdimensional as well, that are um, more like aliens or ETs or maybe even angels, archangels like this. The kind of difference that I see with them is that they're slightly more aware of their existence. They're slightly more aware of their ability to navigate their plane. I don't believe that they're fully aware because when you're fully aware, you are coming back to a really high vibrational state where you're kind of one with source again. So it's kind of different. Um, when you're completely unaware, your vibration is lower. It's more in the physical plane. So this is kind of the ranges of, of vibrational frequency that I see. And that's kind of how you would differentiate. I'm not sure if that was your question, though. No, that that's actually is right it? on the money. Absolutely. Okay. It's just like an explanation of what these kind of lingering, like you said, fractals of... The, that expression of the consciousness is is just in that plane of existence. One thing I wanted to go back to that I had a question about was on December 21st of last year was a big day. Um, it was part of a Australian prophecy called Ishwara. And also it was, a, I believe it was the day we were supposed to move into a new age spiritually they were talking about there was a lot of talk about moving from 3d to 4d to 5d whoever you talked to it was probably different on that specific day did you notice any types of changes or anything specific happening for you you know um i have this belief i tend to believe that um 
any kind of prophecies that give certain dates, I, I really tend to question. And the reason why is because, again, we're moving through so many different timelines and our concept of time is incredibly primitive and limited. Uh, time is not in any way linear. It's more like a sphere. And whatever reference point in that sphere you're aware is what you're going to be experiencing in the present moment. So um, what I do notice is that the closer and the more aware I am and connected to my higher self, when these kinds of shifts of inner, of, of uh, you know celestial bodies are really affecting our planet Earth, you can really tune in to that information. And I do know that we're moving through waves of information because of the sun movement, because of different planets that are moving. The, the more close to nature that you are, the more connected to yourself that you are, the more your radio will be fine-tuned to this information. And you'll notice that it kind of interconnects with other people's information. The dates, um, you know, might symbolize, might represent a shift, uh, a key point where energy is shifting. And we might definitely feel that information. But what matters is what you're bringing in. A lot of people are now channeling massive, so many people, everyone is channeling information. So, you know, that veil has really thinned. And that means that we are really having the ability to connect uh, into that, what we're eventually will be telepathic communication is what we're moving towards, really, we're activating the, those abilities within us. So I would say it's important to practice all of these things so that we can activate the intuition and these abilities to communicate. Um, but yeah. That's uh, excellent. Excellent. And, uh, you know, for me, when I'm doing my meditation and getting into it, it seems like some days are better than others. Do you find that to happen with you as well? Where some days you feel like, I don't know if it's stronger or more in tune with everything around you. Do we know what causes those types of fluctuations? Is it just the, you know, the surrounding atmosphere or, you know? Yeah, it's exactly what we were just talking about. I mean, let me, uh, how, how can I explain this? Our planet Earth is like an antenna, okay? We, just like we, just like our DNA code is written by our environment, the entire planet Earth is also has its own code and its organisms that make up itself, which is we, we are part of that organism. We play a very key role. Every single one of us has an incredibly important role in maintaining the balance of this organism called Earth. So, in the same way, planet Earth has its own uh, key expression that it's holding up in, in the greater universe. So anytime there's any movement, planetary shift, alignment, uh, celestial body moving around our space, it's going to create energetic shift. Think of it like a symphony, that every single planet is a note and it's playing a certain tone. When there's movement, that tone is going to change. So we pick up on that. And those of you that are more sensitive are going to be picking up on that information in a in more sensitive way, more fine-tuned way. The way that you pick that up may be, you know, through visions, through feelings, emotions, wh whatever it is your way of, of receiving information. So when we're in meditation, obviously, you know, we're activating, we're opening up, we're 
becoming more sensitive. We're fine-tuning this instrument. And so we begin to pick up on that. So sometimes energies become very heavy or our own information rises up so that it becomes um, more, it's like we feel it, we feel it more. And so oftentimes if we don't know how to process through that, we're going to get stuck. And then we're going to want to leave that meditation moment because it becomes overwhelming and just annoying and just can't focus. So it's important to know that. And I guess what I realized through my personal experience is that when I brought myself into that zero point, into the highest point of awareness, not even astrological movements would affect me, which was very interesting because I realized that the human really truly has the ability of coming into that God creator state where you're not at the mercy of your environment. You are truly a creator. So this is how I know by personal experience and by other people that have experienced that, that this is completely possible by all of us. So the key is to come into that zero point. That sounds incredible. I definitely am. I'm, I'm doing the work to try and get to there. I don't believe I'm there yet, but you know, everything's a work in progress for sure. Everybody, we always are, you know, uh, one question I did want to have just so the people have an understanding of what we mean by manifest. Do you have a story of something that you really tried to put forward and you manifested your reality in front of you or you saw it and then said, wow, I, I did that. You know what I mean? Oh, I have countless, countless stories. I I'd like to say that, um, up until this point, my life has been nothing but that. I think that, I'll tell you, uh, the hawk has a really strong symbolism for me. Um, when I was in the corporate world deciding to leave, and this is this is actually in 2017, like when I was, I was still working with my company, I hadn't, I was selling it. Um, no, it's actually before I sold it. And I was thinking, and I, I decided, I realized the importance of my experience and, you know, everything that I was going through. And I decided to surrender. And one day I went for a walk and I was surrendering in nature. And I was like, I give myself to the universe. Please use me. Whatever you need, I will be an instrument for you. You just you do what needs to be done in order to bring the highest expression. And a hawk comes in front of me and opens his wings on this path. that I, I mean, it was just surreal. And the very next day is when I got my appointment to go see the hypnotherapist. Her name's Alba Weinman. And I was able to really uncover. That's when my life changed at that point. So that was the first time. But ever since that moment, my life has kind of fallen like puzzle pieces, one after the next. And I never had to think about money. I never have to think about uh needing or fear or coming into doubt or worry about anything that's happening into my life. It's just been a constant flow of manifesting and just receiving, really coming into a complete state of vulnerability. And that's kind of when you come into this incredible creator state. And I mean, I can give you so many examples from, I don't know, losing a flight or having an uh, electrical problem with a plane to just finding another plane or getting a ticket, you know, for free or, I mean, I don't know, not having food and finding food somewhere. So many, so many little things and so many great things, you know, meeting the right people at the right time that have occurred. And I guess the intention behind it is everything that's in alignment with my highest self. And sometimes those things are not pleasant, I have to say. 
because not everything we're manifesting is a is a fantasy land, right? So sometimes I have manifested things that were not so pleasant, but at the end of it, really teach you something that's so important. So that's something to also know about manifestation. Uh, I understand that too, you know, and I, I, I think that I had a moment somewhat like that, it, but it wasn't me kind of saying that. I remember when this whole thing happened and they shut everything down, of course, everybody had to stay home. And I was trying to find something to occupy my time because I was just getting restless, just very, very restless. Even though I was meditating, I was, you know, I was trying my hardest. And that's when I actually came up for the ideas for the show. That's when this show took its form, you know, and it gave me my ability to express myself to everybody without having to worry about what was being said or thought and anything like that. And it it sort of came to me in kind of like during a meditation. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But by doing that now, you know, everybody's starting to go back to work. And I said, you know what? I'm not. This is this is my path. This is my calling. I'm giving it back to the universe to decide what am I going to do? What's going to become of this moment that I've, you know, that I've made, that I've worked for? Yes. But, you know, I love to research. I love to do all that stuff. I love history. But I mean, I could go back and, you know, I, I, I don't really worry about money now either. I've given myself back to the universe in hopes that wow. it comes to me. I don't mean tenfold, but enough to sustain you know of course whenever you start these kinds of things you don't make a lot of money it's for the love of what we do and not just but you know i i believe that that was my moment to say you know what universe this is me i'm here go ahead whatever it's going to be it's going to be whether i fall flat on my face or i take off like like a rocket here it is you know (laughs) that's amazing i commend you for that you know you have to be very brave to do that. And I, I really, that's um, admirable. So I think that, and, and, you know, it's funny, things that are done with that energy really take off. They really take off. So I'm excited to see where, where you go with your work. Oh, thank you. No, it definitely does. It's either, like you said, you're either very brave or very stupid. One of the two, we haven't decided <laughs> yet, but we're, we'll figure it out later on. No, I think uh, it's going well. I hope so. I hope so. I love doing it. You know, there's, there's nothing, I, there's nowhere else I would rather be on a Saturday night than right here talking to a guest yourself included and you know it's just to me this this connection that i make with people through this avenue it trumps so many other things that could be bad or detrimental i mean i could be out at the bar and drinking i mean i haven't drank in five years but you know that all that stuff could be we could be out there doing that but i would rather spend my time here learning because i am Mm -hmm. the forever student you know and i also feel like i'm kind of like an ultimate outsider i explore things through a lens that's not it, it's unique we'll say because i look at everything from different sides and different angles but you know my my uh my energy is focused now to find to really find this higher self and what i can achieve once i really i, I i've gotten to the higher self but i really need to, to hone in on it more you know what i mean like i've yeah. touched it but i haven't grabbed it yeah. if that makes sense totally yeah I mean, this has been super incredible. I'm, I'm, I've asked you so many questions, and I know I just keep we keep going. But you know, for the people who are trying to, not maybe they're already starting this journey like you are. What mm-hmm. advice would you give them into finding proper meditations or really letting go of specific things? What could you tell them? Hmm. Um, 
I think one of the things that is so important in this journey is to continuously remember not to judge whatever you're experiencing. Um, so many times we get stuck in definitions of things and we tend to want to be protected by ideals and even, uh, you know, even in the spiritual community, you know, we, we want to find gurus sometimes. We want to find someone that is going to guide us in the journey. And I, with the way that technology is right now, with the way that we are experiencing uh, this rise in the things, there's a lot of deception and there's a lot of mind control. And it's really important to become aware of that. It's one of the things that I'm seeing more and more in clients that come work with me is that they be, they become disillusioned with these new ideas and expectations that were they have now received through this idea of being becoming spiritual or becoming enlightened or doing all these things. There is no end goal in the spiritual journey. It is constant evolution, constant movement, constant learning. So you're never going to reach an end goal. If you think that you've gotten everything, we're all wrong. There's no such thing. And even when you reach the highest level, there are infinite levels of information that we still are going to be learning. So, you know, the thing is to just be like water, keep moving. You know, it's okay to try a square cup one day and maybe a round cup or a triangle cup, but keep moving, you know, and um, don't get attached to anything. Always have very subjective view. Try to have the highest ver bird's eye view of everything and go back to love. Anything that takes you into fear, anything that makes you feel like you have to hurry up and be something or do something or take action or be prepared for something, I completely tell you to take a step back and go back to yourself and embody love. Um, and uh, what we are learning is how to embody unconditional love. So all roads in my mind lead back to that. Everything that leads you into a deeper understanding of unconditional love will never lead you astray. So that's that's the only thing I would say. Well, no, I, I agree with that. Now, do you think it would be beneficial? Like I said to you, I'm trying to get a fuller grasp. Is it beneficial to make goals? Maybe not read like, you know, really put an end game to it, but to try and strive for specific things or just be it as it may? Um, you know, there definitely is a way to do some things. But then again, we are all so different. I think the thing is to find your way, you know, and, and that's the most important. Find, be your own guru, find what works for you. And that's kind of like how my journey was in the beginning too. I mean, I paid thousands of dollars to go listen to people talk, conferences, workshops, all these things. And at the end of the day, I kept hearing the same thing. Love yourself, you know, love yourself, love yourself. What's love yourself? I don't know what that is. I didn't even know what that was. So in all of your journey, find what it means and always ask yourself, is this something that somebody that loves themselves would do? And even in that spiritual perspective, you know, does it, it, it still applies, you know, to your work, to how you're feeling about yourself. Um, I think that if you start putting uh, rules or end goals, I mean, it's always helpful to learn how to meditate. I think that silencing the mind is the quickest way to go in and finding your truth um but there's many ways to meditate so you know 
Oh, absolutely. You know, that, yeah. that takes me back to a saying, I forget where I saw it, but it's like, be the leader you're waiting for. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. take take charge, but don't go in too hard. Kind of like let it fall as it comes to like when, you know, we could talk about this all day. I mean, I just love picking your brain because it's only helping me to hire myself and get get towards that towards that like where I, where I envision it might go you know not that it's like an end game but where where I can potentially see myself hopefully with more in years of practice with this and uh mm-hmm. I commend you I mean you you you're you're for me you're what I strive to find that you seem like you have such a peace inside of you too and and it's 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 amazing to see somebody like that because when you look out everywhere else, there's all this hustle and bustle to go, 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 especially being from New York. You see that all the time. And like you said, it's nice to come back to a place where you can quiet your mind. And it's not always easy for me. There's a mm. lot of things that go through my brain all day, every day, yeah. uh, you know, anxieties and all that stuff. But to find that spot, you know, I try and take take. What works for me is, like I said, you know, breathing, breathing and meditating. But, you know, that that's where I was coming, going with where sometimes it's difficult to get to yeah. that space for myself. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, maybe more practice makes not perfect, but makes it easier. And, you know, I just I think that it's amazing how you help all these people, too. And Thank you. Thank you're, you. you have your own companies as well. I mean, you really you are on top of your game and it is amazing. It is amazing <laughs> to you. see. It's a great example. I mean, it's a great example because, you know, I, like I said before, this is what I do now and I want to make this somewhat of my business. We're going to start getting into like a website where we start doing actual news, but it's not going to be news with an ideology. It's going to be news of just factual information. That's it. That's great. No opinions, none of that stuff. Just here, here, here. This is what it is. We'll lay it out. We'll do presentations and we're going to start doing these summits to try and help other people achieve that peace and that and that center so they can strive to get to the infinite consciousness where we all want to ascend to 4d 5d 60 70 we all want to get there but it's all about doing it together and they say when you come together in a group there's always more power behind your manifestation it's just like if you were catholic and you go to church and you pray together and people try and find that that miracle they say you know in a group it's always easier so we're trying to define our community and help everybody within that community, which is why we're doing these conferences. And, you know, we'd love for you to be a part of it too. I mean, you just have such insight and knowledge into this stuff. I can't, I can't think of anybody better to help than you. I mean, that would be just incredible if you, if you're willing to do it, of course, but. Oh yeah. I'd be honored to do that. Thank you. It's so amazing. I mean, this, this conversation, I'm going to have to go back and watch a few times to take all of the knowledge from it that I truly, I'm here. But uh, I, there's times when, of course, I'm doing it on the computer, I'm sharing it out, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I want to be able to sit back and really listen to it again and again so I can really understand all of it. That's how, that's how I, I work, I guess. I need to understand everything. Yeah. And, of course, I'm not always going to be able to because there's things that are well out of my league. But, you know, try and get an understanding as best I can, as best I can. And you've made this a lot it's, I don't want to say simple, but you made it in terms that I could relate to. And it resonated with me throughout this entire interview. And it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Good, Rob. I'm so happy to hear that. You, you're very good at what you do in helping others. 
Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about too is hypnotherapy. What exactly, I know we're trying to bring the subconscious forward, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's different types of hypnotherapy, correct? There's, you know, past life regression therapy within that. There's so many different layers. Why don't you explain to the people a little bit of some of the things that, that you like about hypnotherapy and what you feel is beneficial for them? So hypnotherapy is just what it is, basically. It's a tool to help you. Uh, you're creating new neural pathways, Okay. Neural pathways are created by your habits and your belief systems and the things that you do. So all you're doing is you're replacing old patterns that don't work for you anymore with patterns that do work for you. And that's all that it is. I'm, it's like it's like installing new software in your hard drive. That's all that we do. Um, and uh, this is why I love hypnotherapy. Uh, I The kind of hypnotherapy that I do is called holographic hypnotherapy. And the reason why it's called holographic is because um, I see everything that you see. I feel everything that you see and um, that you feel. And when we work together, um, the idea is that I help clear out whatever you tap into. Because when the body taps into old memories, it brings forth the vibrational frequency. And that part of you that was stuck emotionally is becoming aware. And so that can go both ways. And it becomes aware uh, if you don't know what to do with that information, if you're working with someone that's not experienced in that, it can really come up and then you're going to have that information stuck in your body and it's going to feel yucky. You Maybe what that means is that you're going to pull into that uh, emotion that you were pulling into. So for example, some traumatic experience that caused you to feel unworthy. Let's say you finish the session and you end up feeling very unworthy of yourself. Um, so what I like to do is work not just in the emotional, but in the non-physical part of you, because we are like these giant orbs of light, rings of information that are a part of us. And within those rings and layers of information is held the memory of all our lives. So we don't know that. But when we start to feel an emotion, all of those parts that resonate with that emotion, they become aware. And this is how it informs how we're going to react to something. So in hypnotherapy, we work with that and we remove out of the body. It can be removed through a broadening your understanding of that emotion. And it can also be removed with using energy work and ultimately your imagination. You imagine that you move this thought form out of your body. And so that's what I work with. And um, so this works with entities, attachments, um, even, even implants in the body. Whether they are actual physical or etheric implants, those can be taken out as well. Um, and the purpose of the hypnotherapy is to bring you into connection with your highest self, your most powerful self. And this is what's really great about it, because in meditation, you tap into some of that. But this allows you to really shut off that monkey mind that wants to come in and analyze and interfere and really focus on connecting with the higher self so that you can really see what it feels like and allow yourself to integrate that. So that's what I like the most about hypnotherapy. Um, and it can be used for anything, weight loss, stopping smoking, uh, you know, working with fears, traumas, can't find a job, can't find a partner. All of those are belief systems that can be healed and fixed. 
Yeah, I've heard so many great things about hypnotherapy. I've been so interested mm-hmm. in it too recently. We have we have like a circuit of people that we do podcasts with, and one of the gentlemen's name is Greg Bornstein, and he's a hypnotherapist, and he kind of introduced us to a little bit of what was going on with it, and I think it's incredible. I mean, yeah. there's so many different things he's told us about it and the way that it ultimately affects people for the better, and I think that that's always a great thing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I, 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 at first, I didn't understand it. I was like, well, what did Really? What am I going to go on stage and cluck like a chicken? No, 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 no. It really works. It really works. Yeah. And then I started to see examples of it and, and and listening to people who actually went through it. And it has ultimately changed their lives for such an, an emotional standpoint of a better perspective. Even it's changed people's perspectives on lives yeah. in that sense. And I think that that's such a useful tool to help people. I mean, totally. you know, yeah. it's so, so great. Now, when people sometimes people get chakra blockage you know they have energy blocking mm-hmm. what what is the purpose of, of why that happens and how do you get rid of some of that stuff yeah so our chakras are vortices within the body of energy and information but what they are on the physical plane is your endocrine system okay so they and that manages all the major runways of information, the networks of information, and the the nervous system, you know, your lymphatic system, all of these different systems, and the major systems in the body, like the pancreas, that are producing hormones and chemicals that are very deeply interconnected with our emotional responses. So keep that in mind, right? So if you have this incredible physical system that becomes triggered because of emotional responses, then what that means is that your chakra system is really, truly the engine of co-creation. Because if you are reacting to something that's happening to you outside of you and you go into survival mode, you come into a state of fear or anger or upset, your body, your entire system is communicating. Your brain is telling you it's fight or flight. So you begin to trigger these emotions and you respond in a certain way. We don't tend to think of the back end of our reactions, of the way that we interact with one another. But it has such a profound effect on our overall organism because it's not just one event that happens. You are responding in the way that you're responding because you've learned that way and you've been programmed throughout your life to behave that way. So imagine if you begin to shift and you change the way you respond to things. Not only is your genetic code going to begin to change over time if you keep repeating a different pattern, but the the organs in the body are also going to learn to react differently to that. So it really is very much a chemical shift that happens in the body. And this affects what? It affects your nervous system, depressions, long-term emotional imbalances, psychological imbalances, um, weight gain in the body because, you know, what happens when we're in stress, we get inflammation and the whole body begins to go into all kinds of preser- uh, self-preservation, um, you know, um, behaviors. So what we want to do is we want to begin to change that. And your chakras hold all of that information because they are interconnected with these systems. The first three chakras, the root, the sacral, and the solar, are the ones that manage the physical plane. They manage whether you feel safe in your body or in any environment that you're in. The sacral, the second one, manages your relationships, your intimacy, sex, abundance, exchange. And your third is your emotional body. So these are the three key elements 
of your interaction with the physical plane. And it's also what maintains us. Um, in other words, the, the most powerful way to control someone is through these first three chakras. How do we know that? If we look at the entertainment industry, if we look at the beauty industry, if we look at, uh, you know, food, fitness, uh, the business industry, all of these different industries that are providing you with a structure of belief of what the human body should look like and act like and be like, are all geared and very strategically targeted to affect these first three chakras. Marketing is based on manipulating and utilizing and maybe even weaponizing your first three chakras against you okay so this is even vibrationally through music okay so if you start listening to hip-hop you're gonna feel it here in your lower belly and this is scientifically proven how music affects your body but we don't really understand how profound it really is and what we realize, if we understand this, um, you know, how the body responds to our environment is that we begin to notice that either we have become complete slaves of our emotions and being in constant state of survival through these programs, or we, we are in charge of our physical body. And when we are completely in, in the emotional body, feeling body sensations, we have these upper chakras disconnected. What is it? The heart, the throat, and the third eye. Um, so these are our intuitive centers. These are the ones that connect us to the higher part of us. So we immediately create blockages in the body because if we are in a constant state of survival, the body cannot feel love. It feels fear. And so usually the most of us are walking around with our lower chakras wide open and out of balance. So this is also where we're creating the world from because we're a match to those things. We are calling in more of what we are. So in other words, the human body is this giant interconnected network of creation. So if you under so the chakras are actually, in my opinion, one of the most important things. And I, I wish that it would be something that they would teach in school, because if I knew this, you know, when I was a child, can you imagine I mean, my entire perspective of myself and even what I was capable of doing would be completely different at such a young age. And we would be so aware of one another as more of an interconnected network instead of individual people. So um, that, that's what happens. And you can heal and begin to become aware of what's happening simply by watching your emotions and learning to control how you respond to things choosing instead how to create that's incredible and you know we i keep hearing a theme here and the theme is breaking the constructs of the programming that was given to you at a young age or even right now as you're looking in through the computer and the google things are all coming up and all that crazy stuff it's all this programming and and like you said, if we were if we learned some of these things at a younger age, how much more open we would be to the universe around us. And, you know, and a lot of that has to I'm, I'm sure you're, we can go into this, too. But, you know, diet and exercise play a huge role in this as well. I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just if, if we learned more of these spiritual things and it's not even so much religious, it's spiritual. If we learned more of these spiritual things growing up. 
what the world would be like right now. I think it would be such a different setting. You know, it would be totally different. I can't even fathom what it might be like, you know, and it's a shame that they don't. It's a shame that they don't do those things for people because I think that there are the, the agenda is to not have people reach their full potential. That's true. That is true. And uh, we, we see that pretty clearly in, I mean, even our history, how our history was written and how we see, you know, our past really changes the way we see ourselves. And most of the time we feel disempowered. We feel like we have no power, but the human really is one of the most powerful tools of creation. It is, it has free will, which we don't understand the laws of free will. The laws of free will mean that we have the ability to choose everything that we experience and everything that we are participating in. So our awareness of how these systems in our reality are interconnected is important because then we can choose where we put our money, you know, because obviously the money is what drives this system to continue moving. So if we begin to defund those parasitic aspects of our society that are not pro-life, we can begin to kind of shift how we you know, see our future eventually. Well, absolutely. And the thing about all of it too, is we're never going to be able to fully get rid of them because of that duality that we sit in. They're always going to be there, but the less that we give them attention or funds, like you said, in any aspect, the better we can shift away from that. Not, uh, I don't know if you want to say transcend that duality, but ultimately that would be the greatest, the greatest goal. But then would we lose on the other side too, if we transcended that duality? Well, yeah, like like you said, exactly. We're never going to transcend the duality. The duality is part of this dimensional plane in which we exist in. Um, but the idea is to to know that you have a choice. And the more responsibility we have for our actions and everything that we're choosing at every moment, the more our reality is going to change. And that's really what's more most important. Because even though we are all interconnected, Um, everything begins and ends with us. And we're all having our own universe and microcosm of experience. Um, And so the more responsibility we have about ourselves and what we're experiencing is how we're actually going to affect the collective. And, um, you know, we have a hundred years maybe of life uh, on this, in this physical body. And so everything that you do here and the children that you have of course are going to be the next generation they are also benefiting from your healing from your uh evolution you know your your mental psychological physical evolution that's incredible that's incredible this we've gone over so much so far and uh i think we're gonna about about ready to just about close it up but i want to go over whether everybody can find you too i have it all here i've been running it through a you know, as we've been speaking. So guys, if you want to schedule a one-on-one with Geraldine for hypnotherapy, go to GeraldineOrozco.com. It's along the bottom there, but that's not it. There's more places where you can find Geraldine. First off, go to her YouTube channel and subscribe because it's, it's phenomenal. It's incredible. The content that you put out is just enlightening and it, and it, it helps. Trust me. Trust me. I've been through it. I've looked at it. It helps. And then we also have higherhealing.com for virtual holistic and intuitive wellness nexus and social directory. And then we also have hybridmother.com, international research and support group for experiencers, hybrid parents, and ID phenomena. Did I miss any? 
No, thank you for putting a shout out to all those things. I really, I'm very grateful for that. I, of course, of course. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. And I, I want to give you a call, like a few minutes, you know, take your time, whatever you need to say, but I want you to just close off everything that we discussed today. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just want to thank so much for having me on the platform, but um, my final message if for any any of this is really to remind we all of us that we are not victims of anything, even as participants of the hybridization program or any of these things that we're experiencing that are interdimensional. Um, we are always empowered and we are always in charge of our free will and the choices that we're making and experiencing, whether it's physical or interdimensional. So that's really the most important thing. And uh, my hope is that I share these things not to bring anybody into a state of fear, but to bring information, knowledge so that you can choose and see what feels true for you. And that's basically all, all I want to say. And thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to get to talk to you. Uh, truly, truly, I feel that. And, uh, you know, uh, like I like what we went over before, it's it's time to break free of this programming that we're all so accustomed to, and just look at it as almost a comfort in some senses because of everything that essentially goes on in our day to day lives. And it's when we take this time out to grow spiritually and enhance our knowledge, like you said, that we tend to transcend what we thought was even possible for ourselves. And I think that we have to take those steps to work towards that. I'm going to do everything in my power to bring this type of content to people so they can understand it as I'm beginning to. And I think that it's beneficial on so many levels. And again, I want to thank you so much for coming out and helping us today, because essentially that's what you did is you came here to help us. And you did. You explained a lot of things that were lingering in my mind that I wanted to discuss with you, of course. But for people who may not know as much as, as you know, or are versed on the subject as we are. And that's, you know, I think that's what we try and do. And I think that we've done a really, really great job of showing people what what the possibilities are for everybody. Thank you, Rob. Thank you uh, so much. Thank you. And on that note, everybody, I want to thank everybody that came out today. I think that uh, we've done a lot of great work. And thank you to everybody in the audience and all the different platforms we're on. Um, we'll be back again next Saturday or actually, no, I don't, we'll be on vacation next Saturday again. So we're not going to be here. I'll be in uh, Dallas, Texas, visiting the family. I will keep everybody updated on the trip down there because it's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of crazy things. It's always good to go back to, uh, the family, even though we're from New York, they moved down there, but, uh, thank you again to everybody. I want to thank Geraldine Orozco again for coming out. Uh, truly, truly amazing woman, special, and she's helped people. She helps people every day. And there's no there's no better people to hold in the upper echelons of what people are than this woman right here. And I want to thank her again for coming out. It's an honor and a privilege. You're truly amazing. Keep doing the work that you're doing. I think that you're changing lives drastically. And that's stuff we need every day. You know, this is the things that we need. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you all soon and have a great evening.